Welcome to the Eye Test, a fantasy football podcast for those who are tired of hearing boring stats all the time. This is episode 28 and our way, way, way too early second round mock draft for 2023. Paul leads us off at the top of the second round. Paul, take it away. Yes, yeah, so I know in the last episode we flirted with Derrick Henry being that last first round pick. And I hate to break it to you. I'm not picking him again here. I'm not picking him at the 2 1. What I'm going to do instead is I'm going to go. What did he do to you? Yeah. Dude, it's not that Derrick Henry did. I just think the Titans are ass. And I don't think they're going to get any better. And yeah, but they just. Like I said a couple weeks ago, I think Derrick Henry's the next Frank Gore, except better than Frank Gore. But when I say Frank Gore in terms of like durability and stuff, I think he's going to keep going until he's like. You know, 35, something like that. Yeah, yeah. for the fact that Henry missed half the season last year and just picked it up where he left off, like, yeah. that's got to say something. What was his finish this year, real quick, before four. Paul makes his pick? Four? Oh, my God. And quite <laughs> frankly, we've only had four running backs drafted. So, essentially, this is on par for at least running backs. But, yeah, let's let Paul pick. Sorry, Paul. No, those are all really good arguments. and. In a real draft, I might reconsider this. But you know what? I'm sticking to my guns here because it's way, 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 way too early, and I don't it care. Is. It is way, so, way, way too early. I'm going to pick the wide receiver six for the year so far, and that is C.D. Lamb. I like the pick. No, I do like it. So let John me... just doesn't like – John just <laughs> – any Cowboys person. Let me fire C.D. Lamb in there. And, yeah, and I just – I drafted C.D. Lamb around – this spot this year and when Dak Prescott went down after week one and even when Dak Prescott was playing I think he got through like the first three quarters I think he got injured in the fourth or late in the game CeeDee Lamb did not have a good week one and I was like oh god this sucks this isn't going to be good but then CeeDee Lamb still played well with Cooper Rush and then when Dak Prescott got back even in a run heavy focused offense CeeDee Lamb put up really good numbers he's able to hit that home run for you and give you a 30 plus point game like two or three times a year I don't see Zeke being back in a Cowboys uniform next year which only helps CeeDee Lamb he's going to be there I think they're going to be throwing the ball he's going to be an even bigger focal point in this offense and coming from this is his second year going into the third year I think he's just going to go I think he's just going to have a great year. He's still only 24 years old. He's improved his route running. He's shown that he can make contested catches. I just – I love C.D. Lamb, and I want him on my team. So yeah. I'm trapped him. But the Paul, first- um, I agree with you now, although I think I had – I definitely had C.D. in the second round. Don't get me wrong. But I did not have him at the 2-1. However, quick correction, it's his third year going into his fourth year next year. Oh, Okay. But every year since 2020, he has shown progression in every stat. In in ranking, he was the 22nd best wide receiver, then the 19th, and now the 6th. A huge jump. And the year number three is where you really see wide receivers. If they're going to be breakout stars, that's when you see it. If you haven't seen it in the first two years, you see it in the third, then you're good to go. CeeDee Lamb is totally going to be a star. Touchdowns, he went from... Five his rookie year, six his next, eight this year. Yards, 935, 1100, 1300. I mean, those are big jumps. And then, of course, fantasy points, the most important stat, 215, 232, 285. That is such a big jump. And people were drafting CeeDee Lamb in the second round last year. I think that he put up probably about second round value this year, but borderline late first. So, Paul, I shit on you for that pick, but... I think I take it back because I don't have CeeDee Lamb that much further. I had CeeDee Lamb at my 2-4. Yeah. But Derrick Henry, that is a good point. So maybe after you guys talked with me, I might reconsider. Yeah. It's definitely Derrick Henry that deserves to be in this spot. I He's a late first round, early second round for next year as of now. And that is mainly just because I think he showed – you after his injury last year he came back people were still afraid to draft him but like you felt like you had to I mean Derrick Henry was a top five top six pick last year and it was not the easiest one to do I mean you're risking a lot taking that and it worked out he showed everyone that he can you know stay healthy for the whole 
season, except for, of course, the freaking championship week. So I'm sure he let some people down. But Derrick Henry will be our 2-2 pick. And I think that could be where he falls in a lot of redraft leagues next year. I think depending on the person, he could definitely end up in the first round. But he's probably looking more like an early second round pick at this point, considering the wide receiver talent that's there. Unless you have someone that's still going the classic route of going with their running backs early because they're scared that they won't be able to get a quality one later in the draft. But Derrick Henry, he's literally just showed that last year was a complete outlier. He's never been hurt in his career pretty much outside of last year. And like I said, I think he's the Frank Gore of modern football right now, or I shouldn't say modern football, of people that are currently in the league in terms of running backs. He's just extremely durable, keeps himself in amazing shape, and I expect him to stay at this level for at least at least another three years. Yeah, it's crazy. He's about to be 30, and he's a second-round draft pick. Yeah, he's just an absolute beast, dude. And he is the entire offense. So. He's a fucking unit. Imagine if they get a decent quarterback, and then you know they have Traylon Burks, who showed some flashes even with the mess at quarterback. So hopefully they get a good quarterback in there to open up the offense a little bit. Yeah, very true. Very true. All right, Bob, who is your 2.3? So I think I'm going to shock a couple people here. He is pretty much in the same range as he was this past season in terms of his ADP. He was going late first, early second, which is where we're at right now, but had a for the most part of the year was extremely disappointing. Definitely considered one of the bigger fantasy busts early in the season to mid season. And I'm taking Najee Harris here. Nice. Wow. Okay. I'm taking Najee Harris here. And I really like what I'm seeing from the Steelers, particularly Kenny Pickett at the end, towards the end of this season, they may sneak into a playoff spot. I think he's coming into his own and that only bodes well for Najee Harris going into next season. So I'm looking for basically Kenny Pickett to grow even more and to open up that Steelers offense more. And I think Najee Harris warrants an early second round pick at this point, even though he was considered a bust for most of the season. What do you guys think? Yeah, I like Najee Harris and especially what I've seen from him of late. If you guys saw our TikTok, I actually touched on him in the Sunday Night Football reaction because he has been a bright spot. And Najee Harris and Kenny Pickett, the Steelers offense, has just continued to improve week after week. And that's exactly what you want to see. It's not like Najee Harris has one giant game that implodes his stats. He's been slowly getting better along with Kenny Pickett. And I think both these guys are going to be staples in the Steelers offense for a long time. That doesn't mean draft Kenny Pickett in the fifth or sixth round. But I think Najee Harris is a very solid pick here. Yeah, I think that, I mean, I have four or five other running backs getting drafted before Najee in the second Really? Round. I do. Oh, wow. Yes. And it, a lot of it is me strictly going off of this year, and that's mm -hmm. not the smartest way to go about it. But this is a way, 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 way <laughs> so early of a mock draft that, of course, I'm going to have all these running backs drafted before Najee. I think you might have been thinking a little too much in the future, Bob, but we'll let it slide. Because... That's what we got to do, John. We got to think. We got to project. Yeah, you're right. Help. You're right. I know. We got to help the viewers. My Najee value will probably shoot up as the offseason comes on, and I'll explain it in the fact that Najee really wasn't that healthy coming into this season. And I think that really affected his bulk of his season. I think we're just seeing Najee recover. I think we're just, I think time has passed now to where Najee. One is fitting in with a new offense that's ran by a rookie quarterback. And I think that he is healthier than he was in the beginning of the year. And we're seeing what Najee looked like last year now. Granted, a little late. Of course, if you had him in the playoffs in the championship, you're probably pretty happy. So late for some folks, just on time for others. That's the joy of fantasy. We move on to the 2.4. Paul's pick. Who do you got? Is it another Cowboy? No, it's not another Cowboy. But yeah, I had Najee Harris a little lower on my list, but I still really, really like that pick. 
for the reasons I just described. So I have this guy coming in on my list at 2.2. So I had him right after CD Lamb. And that is Nick Chubb running back wow. for the Browns. Jesus Christ. Damn. And for Tale a similar argument with Derrick Henry is that Nick Chubb, first of all, Nick Chubb, how old is he? He's not like old. He's 28 next year. Oh. We said that last episode. Remember I know, dude. On that's Chubb? on me. I still like Nick Chubb a lot, though. I think with Deshaun Watson and Kevin Stefanski, this offense is only going to continue to get better. And Chubb, I don't think Kareem Hunt will be. I know, I hate Deshaun Watson, but I, he's a good football player. Pick a side, dude. Do no, you like I the think Browns or you hate the Browns. My bias tells me he's going to suck. But <laughs> dude, he had a the eye test after. watching Deshaun Watson play football, he is very good. I just Thank hate you. him. You finally came around, Paul. He's going to be really good next year. I think he's going to be serviceable, but I think that this offense is still <laughs> going to run through Nick Chubb. And yeah, Kareem yeah. Hunt, Kareem Hunt's probably not going to be in the picture next year. I know Kareem Hunt has a down year. It's not like he's been what we've used, what we're used to seeing of Kareem Hunt. And so I think Nick Chubb is just going to continue. You know, I'm so tired of having him go under the radar. So I finally said, screw it. I'm going to pick him. And so I have Nick Chubb as an early second round pick. So I'm actually, I had Nick Chubb actually way lower. I still had him in the second round, but I had him way lower in the second round. I had him as the 210. And we traded places because I had Najee that low. Oh yeah. Okay. So my reasoning for that is a little bit of recency bias. Chubb had a great start to the season, just kind of fell off towards the tail end of the season, but still like him as a player and everything. But if we're talking drafting him in the early second, the reason why Chubb was not why he was so good, but why a lot, I guess a lot of people were like surprised and everything is because he was being drafted at the tail end of the second round, early third round this past season. So there was a lot of value that you got out of making that pick later in the draft. So now you're pushing Chubb back up to the early second round. The problem with him is there's not a lot of receiving upside. When Even though there'll be no Kareem Hunt, I'd be just a little cautious about drafting him that high. Yeah, and there's nothing stopping the Browns from getting a receiving running back in the offseason either if they get rid of Kareem Hunt. Yeah. yeah, Nick Chubb is still the RB6 in PPR formats right now. So Yeah, so right. he's... That's mainly because of his touchdowns. Call him what you want. Guy scores a lot. He, he does. Like we said last week, fantasy points is the most important stat when it comes to fantasy players. I mean, Nick Chubb has been staying healthy, so he doesn't have like the injury-prone tag. So I'm not going to be saying that. It's just 28 is the magic number where we start to see Chubb has regression. A, Chubb has a floor of eight touchdowns a year. That's just crazy. It's very good. And yeah, you look at his consistency of the last four years in terms of where he stood in terms of rankings, 8, 11, 13, 6 since 2009. So he, he's been borderline RB1 or an RB1 basically his whole career. Has never finished outside of the top 20. So in the second round, I see it. Although Bobby made a good point that like last year he was drafted later. It was great value. Now we're like expecting Chubb to put up similar numbers this year as he's a year older. I don't know. It's a, it'll be good discussion, especially as we know Kareem Hunt's going to leave. And as Chubb, they'll probably bring in another running back too, I would think. But we still know the offense will run through Chubb. It'll just be interesting to see how everything unfolds with the Browns with a whole off season with Deshaun Watson. And maybe are they still going to be fully committed to the run with Deshaun Watson under center for a full season? We'll see. And this, honestly, I think this next pick for the 2.5, I think that if something changes on this team that he could potentially shoot up to the first round, Definitely early second round, but that's Tony Pollard. I don't. I think this is amazing value for Tony Pollard right now. Really? 
I do. I really? especially if Zeke moves on and Tony Pollard is the workhorse for the Cowboys. Tony Pollard should be drafted before AJ Brown. Like I think Tony Pollard could be a last pick in the first round for sure. Uh, did you look at my Did you look at my board, John? Because I had Pollard at two five two. No, I didn't. <laughs> I made my board early, before you. I oh, didn't have. True. That's crazy. I didn't have Pollard in the second round at all. I didn't have yeah, Chubb. I, I didn't have Chubb in the second round at all. I, I love Pollard next I year. I love Pollard too, but the biggest question I have with him, it's not a talent thing. It's we haven't seen it. We haven't seen one if he could stay healthy as a workhorse running back because he's a smaller dude. He's not a big guy. And he just doesn't have a track record of being a workhorse back. He had a couple opportunities with Zeke out, but question you got to ask yourself if you're drafting him this high is that good enough of a sample size for you to draft him this high and i just don't know if it's worth the risk definitely not good enough of a sample size that's totally true however it was one of those things where like last year we just got like a little taste of tony pollard when zeke was out and we're like oh like when he's the guy he's good obviously he was what he was running back three last year. But we saw in those games that Zeke was not playing, that Tony Pollard could do it. And people took the chance of him with him in the running back dead zone this year. And it paid off. Yeah. And so I think when you do that, when you take the larger risk last year and it pays off, I think this is a much smaller risk to do it in the second round. Whether Zeke is the running the RB1 or not. And then, of course, if Zeke is not the running back, that should assure you even more that Tony Pollard can withstand these numbers. So, question. You would still take him in the second round if Zeke's back next year? Yes. Just in fact, I would take him at this spot because as of now, Zeke is still there. That's – oh, yeah. I would not. I'm not RB7 this year. I still need Zeke out of the picture. Yeah, but he was drafted – he was drafted so, like, low to expect him to – Put that up again when you're trapping him this high. It could easily pay off. It's just such a risk. Yeah, I just can't take a running back two on a depth chart as a second round pick. Yeah, I couldn't do it either. But I respect. It's but a if fair he's, point. but if he even no, I could definitely still do it if Zeke isn't back. But it would still be a risk. You're just banking on like we've just haven't seen it. We don't yeah, know if he could even. We don't even know if he could handle a full workload for a season yet. Yeah. Okay, Pollard sample size is small. Don't get me wrong. This was his first year of like consistent points. Yeah, there's some players on this board still where if they have been consistent, then maybe they had their first like bad year, their drop off year this year, which like you don't want to pick in the second round anymore. And then there's a couple other players that are available in, in the second round where it's like. Small sample size, too. So I feel like the second round is like where you're grabbing those guys on the up and up. And unfortunately, a lot of times in the first round, you're grabbing people that have been consistent for so long and you're going to get their first drop off year this year. So I think the second round is very important. And finding a solid second round pick is amazing because if your first round pick is right, then you had a great draft already. But Nailing your draft pick in the second round is important because if your first round pick shits the bed, second round pick can put up first round value. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what happens with the Cowboys backfield this off season. So Tony Pollard two five, is that my pick now, correct? Yes. So I actually had a running back as my, it wasn't Tony Pollard. But I'm not going to go the running back that even though he hasn't been picked yet, I'm not going to go him. I'm going to go receiver again at the 2-6. And that is Amon Ross St. Brown. Nice. That's a good one. Amon Ross I had him on my, I had him on my board too. And this guy's been extremely consistent with the Lions. I don't care what happens in the drafts with the Lions. I still, and I ultimately, at the end of the day, think Jared Goff's going to be back, which we've, he's already developed the chemistry and everything. I'm not worried about Jamison Williams. Plenty of mouths to feed in that offense, and Goff has shown that he could spread the ball around. Monroe St. Brown, I look for another wide receiver one type year next year. There's really nothing barring injury that's going to hold him back from that I see, at least. 
maybe. Do you guys agree? Yeah, I think Amon Ra should totally be in there. He's clearly the number one target, especially now that T-Hawk left. That was like the thing where there were times where there was going to be a T-Hawk game or an Amon Ra-St. Brown game. Like Now it's just Amon Ra. That's perfect. So, yeah. I agree. Yeah, I love Amon Ra-St. Amon Ra Brown here. I think he's going to be a stud for years to come. And we don't talk about him because he's on the Lions, but then this year happened. The Lions have been a lot of fun and have been actually like a pretty good offensive team. So I think Jamison Williams will be the perfect complement to Amon Ross St. Brown, where I'm getting like Keenan Allen, Mike Williams vibes. Oh, I like that. I like that. Where Jamison Williams will have some deep shots, but Amon Ross St. Brown is going to have 12, 13, 14 targets a game. Easy. Yeah. Yeah. And I will say this, like as of now, Amon Ra is definitely a second-round pick. But if we find out that Jared Goff is not the quarterback, that changes my opinion on Amon Ra St. Brown. And I know we spoke about that on a couple different episodes. But if this is your first time tuning in, I do not think Amon Ra – I think Amon Ra's value will be hyped up if Goff is not the quarterback next year. And I think that is the wrong thought to have. But as of now, for the way-too-early 2023 draft pick – I agree with you guys. Perfect. Awesome. So is it uh, me now? Paul. Yeah, Paul at 2-7. All right. I have a very running back heavy second round here. And I'm really torn between these two young running backs. And I'm going to do this not just to make Bob happy, but I truly believe that he will be a star. And I'm going to go with Brees Hall here. Oh, I let, dude, I was thinking I couldn't muster up the courage to put him in my second round with the injury. I couldn't me, do me it. Too. I'm going to do it just because. But he I is, like it. Yeah. He's super young. How old is he? He's 22. He's yeah. He's a rookie. He was a rookie this year. Yeah. He's 21. So he'll be 22 next year. I don't know his injury history in college, but I don't think it was anything crazy. He got hurt early enough in the year where he will have a full offseason to recover and get healthy. And just this very, and it is a very small sample size, but what we saw was just absolute electricity flowing through Brees Hall's veins. He, every time he got the ball, he just made something happen. And he's my candidate this year for the biggest breakout. I know he was a candidate this year for a breakout, but I think you're getting a player here in the middle to late second round, that could very easily be a top three running back next year. Yeah, I agree. If he's healthy, 100%. He's just, like you said, he's just one of those guys that you want to sit down and watch. You know what I mean? And I'm not just saying that as a Jets fan. Like, he was just, whenever he touched the ball, you expected something big to happen. And a lot of the time, something big did happen. The only thing that would stop me from drafting him, even at the end of the first round, or even mid first round, forget it, like is just the injury. Can't be really, I don't know if you could be wait like four or five games for your second round pick to come back. Yeah. And I think he's going to be a guy that people are going to be hesitant on, but then we're going to look back at like week six, week seven and be like, damn it. I can't believe I took whoever over Brees Hall. Joe Mixon. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. No, that's a good point. Brees Hall clearly passed the eye test. You look at the sample size here and it's like, all right, he had the 27 point game against the Dolphins defense, 20 point game against the Packers. He had three mediocre to below average games, but he passed the eye test and he got injured at not the worst time of the year. It wasn't super late. So he's going to have a whole offseason. He'll probably be able to partake in the offseason at some point. And I think that again, next year you're drafting to win the league. So Brees Hall clearly has it. If he stays healthy, he's going to be putting up more 20 point games than 13 point games. It was his second game in the NFL for Christ's sake. So yeah, once he found his groove with the jets and of course there was a running back controversy all off season for the jets because up almost until week one, we thought Michael Carter was the running back. Right or no? Up until week one, we thought Brees Hall was the running back one, and then they changed it for week one to make it Michael Carter. I'm yeah, they, sure that's how it went. The, and so we were like, "Fuck!" 
But then, like, obviously, Brees Hall fell into place. Four touchdowns in the last four games that he played his rookie year. He passes the eye test for sure in both the rushing game and the receiving game. Agreed. So that's a good pick for sure. All right. So I'm up, and I'm going to go with this guy was a – I guess he was RB dead zone, but people – it was only like the real fantasy nerds that were like, this guy is going to be good next year or this year. And that is, do you, what, do you think you know who it is? I yeah, think I know exactly I, who it is. I <laughs> All think, right, you guys can say it. I feel like I'm going to be wrong, though, but is it Ramondre? It's Ramondre Stevenson. Okay. All right. Ramondre Stevenson at the 2.8. And I just think that if Harris – I don't know what his deal looks like with the Patriots, but I do think that the Patriots finally know who their running back one is. And I also think it helps Mac Jones out too a lot. I think a lot of the Patriots' success, they can really bank on Ramondre all of next season, and they'll have a better year. I think it'll make Mac Jones look better too, especially if they can find a way to get a receiver in there. I think that's like a triple threat. Mac Jones, Ramondre Stevenson, and like some receiver that they can either draft or find in the offseason. I think that is a very good team uh, as long as they're still coached by Belichick. I think it's just the biggest question, not even really a question. It got solidified this year, but yeah, with like you said with Damian the Damian Harris situation and more of Bill Belichick's like you just never know what he's going to do. He could bench a guy randomly and then you never see him again. So yeah. That's that would be my only concern, but I think Ramondre Stevenson in the mid second round is a good pick, and that's where he should be drafted personally. Look at that PPR upside too. He's had so many games where he's had more than four catches. That's what you need out of a running back: four catches a game, like you're set because you know they're going to get at least like twenty yards. So you know you're getting an extra six points a game on top of what he's rushing for. Yeah, I love Ramondre Stevenson. I think that he might be the riskiest pick in the second round so far that we've selected just because of what Bob said. And I'd have to look at the history of, like, Patriots running backs. But I feel like it has been a, Oh, it's not good. Yeah, it's, it's been really kind of bad. a cartwheel of different running backs. They've had Damian Harris had the big year last year, and then it was Stevenson's year this year. And then when Tom Brady was there, they had a – bunch of them i mean they they got legarrett they had a really good running back and they got legarrett blunt in the middle of the season and then legarrett blunt just like took over what was i forget who it was wait hold on remember that guy that one running back what was it his name jonas i can't remember his name he scored like four touchdowns in a playoff game or something and then he just never heard from him again after that i can't remember his name sounds like bill belichick yeah it was like Jonas. Hold on, I gotta look this up. Jonas Gray. Jonas Gray. Yup, that's it. Jonas Gray. Wow, the Jonas Gray Award. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that sounds like an award that we have. Write to that have. down. Write it that down. It would be Gabe Davis. It would be Gabe Davis. <laughs> Literally, <It's> just, dude. <laughs> but scores four touchdowns in a playoff game and then isn't throwing the ball the next year. Yeah, it's crazy. So that's my only. That would be my only concern with it, but I think that's a good pick. Mondre Stevenson climbing up. Talk about ADP just shooting up from. Was he not even on your guys's list for the second round? No, I had him at the bottom of the second round. Yeah, I had him at. I had him at two. I had him at two eleven. I had him at two eight, right where he went. Okay, nice. All right, there. so that leaves me. And again, when I did my original mock draft, I had a couple running backs higher, but I'm going to go receiver again. I was just looking up. I had Dalvin Cook and Joe Mixon higher in my original mock. Me too. But I just can't. Dalvin Cook's on the de- on the decline. We could see it. The eye test tells you that. He still had some good games. He was still an RB1, like, Barely, but he still was an RB1 this year. Joe Mixon doesn't pass the eye test for me. And I'd rather just get a wide receiver that I know is still ascending and that I know is going to get the ball a lot. So I'm going Jalen Waddle here. Nice pick, Bob. That's He was my 2-5, actually, Jalen Waddle. I had him at 2-7. Is that where we're at now, 2-7? Two, 2-9. Two, Oh, okay. So, yeah. Yeah, I had, I had Waddle right at 
There we go, Paul. Yeah, like you said, not, not dude, as different as we thought, huh? As we were talking about, or as Paul said earlier, imagine Tom Brady goes to the Dolphins, or Aaron Rodgers goes to the Dolphins, and they got Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill running around with those guys that you know could hit them on any given route. No real injury concerns there. The refs always protect Brady and Rodgers, and somehow the Dolphins' offensive line will figure out how to block better for those guys. So if that does happen, Jalen Wall will probably be drafted at the top of the second round if that does happen. Yeah, certainly. And I one thing that I'm noticing right now is like just the flip-flop of the draft strategy from last year to this year. Last year's second round was just all wide receivers because all the running backs were drafted in the first round. So the teams that had to go wide receiver in the first round and then doubled down on wide receiver in the second, they're probably pretty successful this year. But yeah, look at that. Six running backs drafted in the second round. You don't see that often. No, it's definitely turning. It's definitely turning. For at least this upcoming season, it's going to turn. But I don't know. It just might be the modern NFL also, you know? There's just so much skill at the wide receiver position. And running backs, they get hurt a lot. A lot of running backs, even a guy like... Aaron Jones, who was drafted at the top of the second round last year, he splits time. Like a lot of these guys split time, even if they're a high end running back. So, you know, you're looking for points in fantasy. Right. Right. And I, for some reason, I feel like there's a higher chance that your wide receiver will have a breakout game. And I'm talking like high ceiling, like over 35 points than a running back will. Like you have those running backs that you're like, oh, actually, I'll switch that point up. There are wide receivers that will get you 20 points a game, and there are probably more of those wide receivers than there are those running backs. You have CMC. He's like a lock for 20 points, and Eckler. Barkley, I guess. Uh, Pretty much those first-round running backs are the locks for 20 points. And then you're getting into the ones. Henry can go into the first round. Then you got Harris, Chubb, Pollard, Hall, Stevenson. They can have dud games, too. Yeah. But Waddle, Amon Ross, St. Brown, and CeeDee Lamb, they can all score 40 points. Yeah, 100%. Wide receivers are more valuable than running backs for 2023. Who does that leave? Paul's up, then me, then Bob will finish us off. It's me again. So my... It's a me. It's a me. So I actually had... I really want to do like a very spicy, spicy pick here. And so I'll talk with him a little bit. But I actually... I'm not picking this guy. But like my super spicy second round pick is I actually had Christian Kirk as my last pick in the second round. That's um, so spicy, Paul. It That's is. It's so very crazy. spicy. That's... I know. Real quick, a lot of it has to do with I think Trevor Lawrence is just going to completely take a huge monster leap forward next year. And I know Calvin Ridley's coming back. Don't really care about that. But my pick here is Travis Etienne. He is the guy who really I wow. cannot allow him to fall out of the second round here. I'd have to have him on my team. He. Started off really slow, not really slow, but a little slower. People were worried about him being a bust. But whenever you get a young star running back who James Robinson's out of the picture, Doug Peterson clearly trusts ETN because he's been spoon feeding him the ball the second half of the season. I think ETN here has a lot of upside, not as much upside as a Brees Hall. But I still think that ETN is a fantastic option here. And if you were able to get Justin Jefferson, if you were able to get Tyreek Hill, if you got a superstar receiver in the first round, I would definitely be looking to grab. I guess we can call him a surefire RB1, but he's definitely RB1. I think he'll definitely be an RB1 next year. But I think if you can grab him, I think you should. I do think Travis ETN will better than this year for sure next year and for the reasons that you said Paul and another thought is like next year will be a whole season after his injury that he had yeah Saquon Barkley you know like all that shit so I can totally see Travis Etienne having a breakout year now I do not think that Etienne will actually be drafted at this point part of the second round i think that we're on to something that he is worth this type of value in fact he could be worth even higher than what we're drafting him at 
but I do not think that this will actually be his ADP. I see ETN going in the third round, and I think that if you grab him in the third round, that is an absolute prize. Um, I just think that there are better, like, surefire options at this part of the second round that I would feel comfortable going with. But, hey, if you know something, and if you want a player, you go get him. So, yeah. Team 3 has Eckler and ETN at this moment. So, yeah, <laughs> one pretty nice. One one thought before we get on to the next pick with ETN is I will say I had ETN this year. And since we were talking about Trevor Lawrence taking a leap next year, he's already taken a leap this year. So if we assume he's going to take an even bigger leap next year with Calvin Ridley coming back and also Doug Peterson being his coach, Doug Peterson has never been like, uh, I'm going to, spoon feed my running backs consistently we saw that happen in philadelphia miles sanders very talented running back obviously i think etn's more talented but never really gave sanders that full workhorse role that maybe he deserved so that would be the thing i think especially with calvin ridley coming back i'd be a little more concerned about his workload because they're going to be airing the ball out christian kirk calvin ridley zay jones evan ingram if he comes back so there's gonna be a lot of mouths to feed next year, but ETN's upside will definitely be higher next year. It'll just be, you know, will he get in the end zone? I think that's the biggest thing. Yeah. All right. It's been way too long that this guy hasn't been drafted. I think Jonathan Taylor needs to be drafted. Really, John? I didn't even have him on. Ne- my- Neither did I. It's, is he really going to – like, he's going to do better than last year. The Colts were just an absolute mess. They'll have a whole offseason to figure it out. And we know what Jonathan Taylor is capable of, so you got to draft him. You have to. This was just a shitty year for Jonathan Taylor. He didn't stay healthy the whole time. He was on a horrible team. His, the leader of the team – there was no leader of the team. So if they can rally around Jeff Saturday, they might do that. they got to – draft a solid quarterback this year or trade for one that will help benefit Jonathan Taylor. And let's not forget when Jeff Saturday became the coach, he made it a sure thing. Like we're going to give the ball to Jonathan Taylor. Then you just had a bunch of issues with the quarterback. It was a huge mess. I think it just, the player started checking out of the season and I'm sure Jonathan Taylor did too. He's going to be different next year. And I do think he's still worth a second round pick late second round too. I mean, it's like, come on. Like, we know what he can do. No, John. He was the 1.2 last year. Like, no, he was the 1.1 one, one last year. All right, sure. Same thing. No, not the same. <laughs> oh, I, I just can't do it, At the beginning man. of the last episode that the first three picks are the same thing. But I just can't. Yeah, I mean, it's, again, way, way, way early mock draft. But – I just can't see it with the Colts. They need to figure out what the fuck they're doing with that quarterback because that's the biggest problem. You always assume these guys are going to stay healthy when you're drafting them. You can't draft scared unless they're like injury prone. So I just can't, I can't muster it up to draft Jonathan Taylor, especially in the second round yet. Here's the crazy thing. All right, let's just go back a couple picks. So it's, so we're okay with drafting Brees Hall, who was a rookie Passed the eye test, don't get me wrong, but played eight games and four or five of them were, like, good. And they weren't even great games besides well, the 27 points. I'm in draft now we're just problem. not wanting to draft Jonathan Taylor, even though he passed the eye test and the statistical test for a whole entire season, earned the 1.2 ADP, and then, of course, had a shitty year. But, like, the good games that he had this year, he passed the eye test. So it's clearly the team's fault, not Jonathan Taylor's fault. So. I still wouldn't draft Brees Hall. I'd be hesitant to draft him in the second round. So I see your argument, John. I really do. The Steelers are just as much as a mess as the Colts. Okay, maybe not just as much. You said the Steelers? No, the Steelers. I take that. The Steelers are better than the Colts, obviously. But, like, the Steelers were a fucking mess. They just have a better coach. They were able to figure it out. That's In terms of personnel. Hey, if if the Colts get Sean Payton, then I'll gladly draft Jonathan Taylor in the second round. (laughs) (laughs) I can't trust a team that feels like has no direction. Jim Irsay came out and said that he is, he would love to hire Jeff Saturday as the head coach for long-term. And I was like, I just can't trust 
an organization that I feel like has no direction. They have no idea what they're doing. And Jonathan Taylor, the player, I'm sure he's still really good, but I just 23 can't. years old. I know, no. but I just can't get burned by we're this. Gonna be looking, we're going to be looking at Jonathan Taylor and say he – not quite to this extent, but I can't just think of a player. He Jonathan Taylor is going to earn a Peyton Hillis award. Stop. No, he was <laughs> RB6 his rookie year and then the running back won the next. Yeah, he but he was – R- resume. He was RB6 that year or, yeah, when he was dra- the consensus running back one. Like after that season, you're talking about. He was the RB six his rookie year. Then he was the one one. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was. Yeah, you're right. There was some st- like Paul said. It's the it's an organizational thing. Like I can't trust. I can't trust if they're gonna hire Jeff Saturday as their coach. And who knows is who know if Derek Carr is gonna be the quarterback. Okay, fine. But I just don't. I just can't do it. There's a other guys that I'd rather have. I'd rather take Josh Allen. I understand that Saquon was dealing with injury stuff like two years ago in 2021, but like the organization was shit before they brought in Brian Dabble and they figured it out. And I'm not saying Jeff Saturday could be coach of the year next year, but like the Colts just need a couple things just to make Jonathan Taylor successful. Like you saw that all the Giants needed was a new head coach and a running back coach, or I think they got like a new offensive line coach that everyone was talking about. And that literally made Saquon an RB1 again and a first round value pick that he stayed true to. And so I think getting Jonathan Taylor at the end of the second round is just such a, I'll say it. I think it's a steal. Like I would, honestly, I probably should have had Jonathan Taylor before Ramondre Stevenson. It's not. Yeah. I, yeah, it's just, again, way, way, way too early. Yeah. I just, I can't do it. I can't say that I would do it at this point in time. But I didn't think I was going to be such in the minority there. I thought one of you guys would have Jonathan Taylor on your list. No, but I'm actually going to, we're going to close out this second round where there's a couple guys that I had in my mock draft that are still on the board, but I want to go with a little positional change here to close it out and I'm going Josh Allen with the last pick in the second round. If you who what pick would this is the last pick in the second round so you would have had the first overall pick. If you could get Christian McCaffrey or like Justin Jefferson and team him up with Josh Allen who's been the QB1 the past 3 years I believe, then you are way ahead of the game. Talk about that's it's like two positional advantages right there, especially if you're taking like Justin Jefferson, because Justin Jefferson was the definitely the most consistent wide receiver this year and had crazy upside as well. Josh Allen is good for a minimum two touchdowns a game, along with yeah, the Washington side. I think Josh Allen here, that last pick in the second round, if you can get, like you said, McCaffrey and Jefferson and then Josh Allen – then you have the first pick in the third round. Yeah. I mean, you're just stacking talent here. The best you get T Higgins too still in a, for us. Yeah. There's a lot there's a lot left here. So, I do like Josh Allen and we were talking about it in this podcast, especially like it's the change. Like quarterbacks are flying up draft boards. It's no longer the era of you can grab a Matt Stafford or a Jared Goff right. in the ninth, 10th, 11th round and still be in the mix like there's a huge drop off from the top three top four quarterbacks and the rest of them yeah i agree who do you guys think got snubbed from the second round let's go that around was, and, uh, that was gonna be yeah that's what i was gonna say who do we have left so john you want to start us off yeah sure i had i had joe mixon dalvin cook deandre swift and aaron jones going in the second round wow but i had forgotten about Brees hall what about and- Someone else. ETN. I didn't have ETN in the second round or Chubb. So those are three guys. And honestly, I don't think Dalvin Cook deserved to be in the... I had him at the 2-9. I was like looking at it. I was like, I didn't really like that. Joe Mixon at the 2-7. He was consistent. He 
is on a high-powered offense. He is, I think he's going to be 28 next year, so it's a little risky. But I do think DeAndre Swift, that's one that I will stand by. I think he is deserving of a second-round pick. Um, Because if Jamal Williams isn't on the team next year and it has to be Swift, he can do it. The only thing that's keeping him is that possible injury-prone tag, but I have shifted my opinion in terms of, like, when it comes to drafting, like, you got to just go for the win. Like, eighth place and fourth place are the exact same thing. You can't make your goal, let's make the playoffs. Like, you want to win? DeAndre Swift has a very one on a high-powered offense and gets to the red zone often so that he could get a lot of – and they like to run the ball in the red zone too, so – Yeah, I think the ceiling is through the roof with DeAndre Swift. So I actually changed him out of my round two today. I thought about it, slept on it. But I do see your argument. I do love DeAndre Swift next year. DeAndre Swift is undraftable for me. I would never touch him unless he fell to me in like the third, fourth round. He's just undraftable. I don't care what he has to show me that he could play a full year. It's as simple as that. Well, yeah, you're right. The injury prone sucked, but I felt like <sighs> I should probably look this up. But another player that that I think was worth considering, mate, he's probably belongs better in the third round. But what do you guys think about T. Higgins? He's a guy that I had in the second round, but didn't get drafted. Obviously, I would say third round, especially if I'm going wide receiver heavy in the first round, then T. Higgins would be my third round pick. Yeah. Yeah, the thing about T. Higgins for me is he's once T. Higgins is off the board, I think there's a clear drop off of wide receiver talent. I've T. Higgins to me is like that last man standing that is like a wide receiver one. So I would definitely grab T. Higgins in the third round. I'm not sure where I would reach for him in the second round. And it's kind of like I know we have Jalen Waddle up here, but Jalen Waddle is just a home run threat every time he gets the ball, which kind of I think inflates his value. But I just I have a hard time having a wide receiver two on my depth chart. That would be my wide receiver one in yeah. fantasy. But I do yeah. like T. Higgins a lot. I think he he's always like flirting with wide receiver one status. Yeah. I Again, the Joe Burrow is going to sling it, man. So that's the thing. But, yeah, he's probably better suited in the third round anyway. And I guess one more player. We already know Dalvin Cook's kind of on the decline. We touched on Joe Mixon a little bit. But a guy that I had at the end of the second round who was going in the high second round this past season is Aaron Jones. And we're yeah, just assuming- I had Aaron Jones at the 212. Yeah, I had him at 210. I would just assume he stays on the Packers and Aaron Rodgers is going to be there. I think it's just more of a question of is Matt LaFleur going to give him the ball? Or are they just going to keep giving A.J. Dillon? That's what we were talking about earlier with these running backs. You can't really – these split backfields make it really hard in fantasy. Yeah, and flirted with Aaron Jones in mine as well. But I had two really spicy ones to round out my second Let's round. And hear him before we go. Yeah, and so I touched on Christian Kirk a little bit. That's probably the spiciest. You're not worried about Ridley? I'm not, and the reason why is because – I think that Chris, they paid Christian Kirk a shit ton of money. I'm not sure what they paid Calvin Ridley, but I don't think it's what they're paying Christian Kirk. And Trevor Lawrence has had a full year working with Christian Kirk. They clearly have something good going. I think Ridley can certainly get started, but what I'm worried about is that first six weeks. Yeah. Have them really get used to that. But my super spicy one, and again, this was not to make Bob happy, but I threw Garrett Wilson on there, man. Really? Wow. I I put Garrett Wilson as my 2.12, and a lot of it is because I truly believe that Aaron Rodgers is going to be a Jet next year. I fucking hope so, man. Or at least Derek Carr. So I don't think it's going to be Mike White. He Mike White had a really good run, but it's he's not the quarterback of the future. What if Lamar's the Jets quarterback? Dude, stop. You got to take if the Jets get any like of these veteran quarterbacks that they're talking about. I think Garrett Wilson, maybe I still, I don't think I would draft him at the end of the second, but I think he's easily like a mid to early third round pick at that point. Then I would draft Garrett Wilson before T Higgins. I think that I can confidently say that. Interesting. I would probably, I know I did it on this mock draft, but a gun to my head, I'm probably picking T Higgins. Yeah. Just a wide receiver one over a wide receiver two. How could you do that? You're going to die.
Now, Garrett Wilson was really impressive. To have over 1,000 yards with the whole quarterback carousel with the Jets right. this year is very impressive. And you bring in some stability to that position next year, Garrett Wilson could easily slip in. Maybe not easily, but slip into those like low-end wide receiver one ranks maybe and really put his stamp on fantasy come next year. I agree. I agree with Garrett Wilson, dude. I love that. Yeah, I can't believe we have we've talked about two Lions and two Jets in the first two rounds. Times, times are a changing. All right. So before before we head out, ladies and gents, let's look a recap of our second round. So with the first pick in the second round, we came to a consensus afterwards that it should have been Derrick Henry, but we went with CeeDee Lamb, or I went with CeeDee Lamb. I think the I upside that. is there. He's awesome. But then Derrick Henry, tried and true, came in at the second pick. Najee Harris made an appearance in the first two rounds with the really third pick early. in the second round. John. <laughs> <laughs> and then after Najee Harris, we had Nick Chubb, which called John's a little talking bit about of Tony backlash. Pollard in here. <laughs> Dude, I would take Pollard over Najee for sure. Ah, <laughs> oh, man. If, if Zeke's gone, that's the only way I'm doing it. But. Yeah. Chubb was a 2.4. He caught a little backlash. Tony Pollard followed him at 2.5. He caught a little backlash. Amon Ross St. Brown at 2.6. with University agreed upon as a good pick. That was nice. And then Brees Hall got a lot of support, but a lot of shock and awe. So we'll see what happens there. Brees Hall was a 2.7. Ramondre Stevenson, 2.8. I personally think the, not scariest, but the one I'd be the most uncomfortable with grabbing this early. But again, he is still fantastic. Jalen Waddle at 2.9. We're praying that Tom Brady's a Dolphin next year. Travis Etienne at 2.10. Jonathan Taylor at 2.11. I know Ooh. if you draft him in the first round this year, you are not touching him. John's but I think Najee Harris for taking Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> uh, and then to round it out, we have the golden boy at quarterback, Josh Allen. Uh, was it. he the quarterback one this year, Josh Allen? No. Past three years. Oh, no, wait. He's no. behind, I think he's behind Jalen Hurts this year. Oh, that's crazy. He's getting drafted before Jalen Hurts. I, I guess Jalen Hurts I, is the 31. I think Josh Allen needed like a couple points. Obviously, we know what happened to Jalen Hurts is three. Oh, so oh, God, if you tell me it's Mahomes again, I'm going to lose. Of course, it's Mahomes. Mahomes no, I think quarterback one in four years. Mahomes no, I is think a QB one if the season ended right now, but also Josh Allen had obviously his game cut short. Yeah, um, I, oh, that's right. Josh Allen only needed like a couple points, I think, to pass Mahomes, and he would have been it for three straight years. Wow, Mahomes has not been a quarterback one since 2018. Damn, but yeah, gotta stack up on that talent, as you always say, John. I do always say that, but all right. So we're going to leave it off on that. As always, thank you for watching. This was episode 28 of the eye test. Our way, way, way too early mock draft of the second round for 2023. We are on all your lovely social media platforms. So check us out on all of them. We will see you next time. Peace.